And here we are. We're here. Can you hear me? It's like I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Yeah, it's a sad day today. Mm. I feel sad. It's it's very sad. It's like when you've watched a really good movie and there's no the sequel's not as good, you know. It's one of those you you just want all the characters yeah, to come back and you just want Yeah. <laughs> Cuz obviously last um, week we were in person, weren't we? We were in person and we were super excited about it and it's funny because the rag has spoken um to the chief of quality control and he said like it was a good episode but you could tell they were just super excited to see each other <laughs> and all like <laughs> all of the structure went out the window and it was just like yeah we're together come on um, reunited and it feels, and it so, feels good. so good and it's yeah. going to be weird now because we're not going to get to do that for a while but mm. um yeah, hopefully, if we can get some kind of movement with this, we can travel round in a little VW camper van. I think that's the, the little play. microphones. Just, mate, I would us. love that. I would love that. Like, fuck, getting married, having kids, and living a proper life. Like, let's just travel round. <laughs> Come the world on the road with, with me. <laughs> <laughs> on the road again. I'm um, sure. I'm sure our yeah. moms would be very, very happy with this. That setup. I'm sure they won't be at all disappointed. Um, with our decision. I think I think my mum would just be chuffed to bits if I left home. No no matter where <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, I don't dear. think she gives the monkeys. I don't think she gives an absolute monkeys where I go. Um mm. if I'm off travelling the world with you, I think we'd yeah. have a good little travel diary. Yeah. Get ourselves into some pickles. And to be honest, you're not you're not that far down on my mum's list of people she would want me to marry. So yeah, it's not true. like, I think you're in the, still in the top 10 or something like that. So I'll take, um, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. Who do you know? Who's got, do you confirm. know who's got number one? Do you know who's got number one spot? Um, oh, this is, this is my mate who's going out. Uh, the Oompa Loompa that's going out with Willy Wonka. She's that, got number one spot. Yeah. yeah my mum. So it was quite funny when I, um, because I, I helped set those two up together and it was quite funny yep. because um, I had a phone call with my mum and I said, oh, there's some, there's some good news. I've got loads of news. And it was stuff like um, Slothman's got a new job. Another friend's got Slothman's a new job. Slothman's got a new job. I've, I've organised this. And I said, um, Willy Wonka's got a girlfriend and Oompa Loompa's got a boyfriend and they're the same person. And my mum's reaction was, no! <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, did not think that oh, okay. was going to be the reaction I wanted. She was like, no, I wanted her as a daughter-in-law. She's brilliant. Yeah. She's the best. She's very oh, mum-friendly. Okay. She's very mum-friendly. <laughs> mum-friendly. Like yeah, on the packaging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Friendly. If you were like picking her up, say it was like a rehoming for cats or dogs, and you know when you go around and they've got like little things on... Um, what that cat what environment that cat is suitable for Su suitable for mums um yeah suitable yeah. very good with mums is what would be written on that little placard <laughs> like our cat <laughs> our cat had it where it said um our cat said not suitable for children um not suitable for other pets needs to be on its own so when my mum went to the rehoming show my mum was like everybody was just walking past her and just leaving her because it's like you can't have oh, her right. with pets, you can't have her with kids. So my mum was like, I felt so bad. So 
we ended up with steamers. And to be fair, she hates people, so I can see why. <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> and, uh, and people are the worst pets as well. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So so going back to your friend, she would definitely have a little placard that said "suitable for mums." Very what would do, what would be on your placard? <laughs> <laughs> Require, requires constant uh, attention. Uh, <laughs> needs um, needs to toilet breaks a lot. La- lacks intelligence. <laughs> lacks intelligence. Not potty trained. Will shit around the house. You um, wouldn't be a you wouldn't be a Labrador. You'd be love lo- lovable though. I'd say I'm lovable in my lovable. own little way. You're. I think you'd be the kind of you'd be the kind of pet that would get adopted in the same way uh, that your mum adopted steamers the cat Look, yeah, yeah because people steamers. would be walking past you being like oh <laughs> oh that one's bouncing off the uh the the cage door okay um and then someone would be we'll like that. i love this energy i'm taking him home and then uh, yeah I, I reckon i'd get a home mm-hmm. i reckon i'd get a home eventually. eventually i'd be one of those little i'd be one of those little yappy ones though do you know what i mean i'd be one of if i was a little dog i'd be the one of Your those dogs terrier. that i hate yeah, I'd be a little yappo, wouldn't I? <laughs> so, um, how did we get onto that? Because, oh, getting on the road, you marrying me, yeah, yeah. marrying her animals. Cool. That's cool. Um, how was, how was getting home? That is, do you, do you actually, do you call it home? Do you call that home? Would you call the UK home? What's the, um, oh, this is, this is getting deep. Yeah, I think I call this home. You call now sausage um, land home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I think it's when I moved out for the first time, when I moved for university, I quite quickly adjusted. And so I always called Birmingham home, even though, um, you know, that's not where I'm originally from. And uh, my mum got and quite And nobody upset. else calls it home. Yeah, it's just a temporary stopping point for everyone. <laughs> um Yeah, and my mum my mom was saying, you know, just like, well, this will always be your home. And I'm like, no, nope, it's called Liz and Dave's house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do, I do call it well, my mum and dad's and place. Dave. So, um, but it it was nice being back in the UK and visiting original home. I yeah, guess. I was like that with Australia, but I never called Australia home. No, I was very much like, nah. I, I've got a weird, even though the UK can be seen as a bit of a shithole. And it can be a bit rough and ready. I love London and I love the UK Mm. and I get really passionate about it. And when I used to go, when I was living in Oz, I'd get really annoyed when people would bag the UK and be like, oh yeah, shit, I've escaped it. You know, this is my home now. I'm like, no, fuck you. Because like the UK isn't the best, but it isn't the worst. And I'm proud Mm. of where I'm from. I don't care. You know, I'm from Essex. I got, I got white teeth and a fake tan, but you know. Give a shit. Like, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> like, be proud of it. Own it. Own where you come. Own where you come from. Like, <laughs> I'm just imagining you've got a load of people all stood in a row, and they've got uh, like um, World Cup face paint on, and they've all got their country's flags. And instead of a flag, you're just orange instead. <laughs> <laughs> orange with big, big, big white smile. But it's like if you were running round in a lederhosen with a load of schnitzel and sausage and bratwursts and giving it, yes, I come from Germany, I'd be like, you don't come from Germany. Like, 
It's Ooh. fine for you to live out there, but unfortunately, mate, you come from High Wycombe or whatever, Marlow, whatever you want to call it. And <laughs> yeah. that is always going to be where you come from. It's definitely, um, yeah. And Obviously, you can't change. You can't change where you, no, where you come course. from, obviously. But no, I think, you know, I, I'm of the opinion, yeah, home is what you're, what you make of it. And uh, uh, so... Somebody said something really wanky once and I was like, there is kind of a point. Oh, I can't remember what she said. Home is where your heart is, or no? It was something along those lines. It's not just I where you remember. lay. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. No, it was something. There's a, there's a song uh, by uh, by Gabrielle Aplin, uh, who I really like, um, who has a lyric. Is she the bird that did "Sweet About Me"? Who was that? Her? Mm, nah, no, that her? she's the one that did the John Lewis me. John Lewis advert, um, "Power of Love." Sweet about me. No, who's that? Sweet about me. Who Gabriella Gabriella Chill Me, wasn't it, or something? Gabriella oh, what, who did you say? Aplin. Gabrielle Aplin, yeah. So she says so the lyrics for her her song about home is they say home is where your heart is set in stone, it's where you go when you're alone, it's where you go to rest your bones, it's not where you lay your head, it's not where you make your bed. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as you're together, it doesn't matter where you go. And so it's like, it's what you make of it. It's, it's where you feel comfortable. It's not just where your bed is. So like, yeah. And, you know. I, and I get that. And I, I would be one of these people that'd be like, yeah, the, the world is my home. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to, we'll probably get onto it because there's something <laughs> that happens in something we review today, but I like the idea of mm-hmm. just living wherever and I don't ever want a fixed place. Like the idea of buying a house to me is not that appealing. <laughs> Like I he's, like he said being from his stu- mum's shed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Being stuck. <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> Just fuck you. The world's I'm, my I'm home. My, my home's everywhere. But you're, also here. <laughs> you're very confident when we're not sitting opposite each other because I'd have lumped you. Have <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like I, when I was living in Oz and I moved mm. away, I was like, I figured out that actually I don't, um, I don't, necessarily want to get away from the uk i just don't want to be stuck in one place so if i Mm. ever get the opportunity to work and travel i'd love to do that and i'd definitely do that um and jump around the place but i think there will always be an element of i was born here and i'll Mm. never forget that but Mm. like i wouldn't say that this is going to be my home forever just because i've been born here like i would like to try living in vancouver i'd like to go to there nice and i'd like to call yeah but but um i need to be able to <laughs> I, need to, yeah. <laughs> I need to be able to afford to live before yeah, yeah. I get any big plans. And like we said, your mum, your mum would just be happy that you moved out. So absolutely, at least yeah, she's on get board. Rid of him. How was getting home? Was it all right? Or getting back to Germany? Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Oh, I got I got on the plane and I got um, a piece of paper in German. Um, no, no, it, it had a link to somewhere uh, where the page was in German. And I was scrolling through these risk areas for, for Germany and what they consider a risk area. <laughs> and I was like, I just saw United Kingdom at the top. And I went, oh, what? no. <laughs> what? And it was like, as of the 26th. And I was like, shit, 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 shit. And so my mate who was like... What day were you flying home? uh 30 the first of september and then right, okay. i was panicking and i was going through this and then i realized that i forgot to read the rest of the sentence so it was not the united kingdom it was the united kingdom's um uh abroad territories including 
the Canary Islands. So it was just the Canary Islands. It wasn't the United Kingdom. But I was there on you the plane Wally. just being like, please, no, no. Oh, I've, got, no. I've got like a dentist appointment tomorrow. And <laughs> what, so you got, what are you having done to your teeth now? You had a nose job this year and you're having your teeth done this year? Yeah, I just, I decided, right. I've got so many things that are wrong. Just start fixing the ones you can, you know? So... What you getting your teeth? You getting the gaps removed in your teeth? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's for my for my jaw. Like I, I grind my teeth. I have a very very nice jawline, but I'm not meant to. <laughs> apparently, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's. Uh, what do you mean you're not meant to? So it's quite far forward. Like I should have had braces when I was a kid. Like looking yeah. back. Um, yeah. But what my teeth are doing is they're pushing my jaw, which means my jaw is tense quite a lot, which means I have quite okay. good jaw muscles, but. Well, the dentist, when I spoke to them, they said, uh, um, yeah, if you had those jaw muscles, same size everywhere, you'd be like a power lifter. And I was like, nice. And he went, no, <laughs> not nice. That's unnatural. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. It's uh, fine. Um, what? So this is I, wouldn't say, I, would, I wouldn't say it's that bad. Your jaw's quite nicely defined. Oh, uh, I wouldn't say. It. You're just yeah, trying to get further up the marriage list now. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, not at all. After the comments that you've made about me, I can give a shit where I am on that list, to be fair. But, uh... <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Do you know what else I figured out recently? I've screwed myself this season. Yeah, I knew this. You knew this? I'm aware Why of this. Why did you not say anything? What, the fact that you've got to do twice as many albums as me? Yeah, yeah, I've got to do twice as much homework. I've realised that this weekend. I, I was like, no what? No wonder I've been sweating my nut off trying to get this stuff done. Because <laughs> I'm recommending nothing and I'm being given like three things every week. Yeah, I tried to mention this at the beginning, but you were just so excited about this competition. <laughs> and I kind of went, oh, oh, well, it will be, it will. And, and this is why when you, when you said, what was it? Episode two? You were saying, oh, it's a lot of work doing two albums a week. Um, and then yeah. you still wanted to do two. And I was like, maybe we should alternate, you know, just to take a bit of the load oh. off. Um, but <laughs> yeah, mate, like I was sitting there yeah. this week and I was like, fuck, because there was the other week where I was like, I had to do the Frank Turner album. I had to do the book and I had to do the documentary. And then I was like, obviously, you just had the two pieces to do that week. Mm where I had the three pieces to do that week. And every week that I go back, I'm like, okay, I've had at least two or three pieces and he's had one or two every week. Mm -hmm. So that sucks. That absolutely sucks. But it's all in the name of the competition, right? So <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to see the results of this competition, then uh, yeah, you, you, you'll have well, to be reviewing. What episode are we on now? It's episode this is, five. This is episode five. five of season two, yeah. Oh, Christ, we've got so far to go. <laughs> We're nearly Seven. halfway through, and we we do twelve we do twelve episodes. Of twelve season, episodes, so. yeah, yeah, we're almost there. If you think about it, only go so quick, me go so quick. Like I can't believe when we started this, however long ago. Like we're now in episode nineteen, really all together. Like yeah. that's gone super quick. So we've been doing it for a while now, and you're getting people that are just getting into it. Like who was that person that texted you this week? Oh, uh, Toby from my band, my uh, the, the old band I was in. Thing is, he knows. He knows lots of stories about me and stuff like that. So I think, I think he started listening, uh, thinking that he would come up in some of these stories or something like that. Um, right, okay. And so he... he I've he, never heard of him. You've never, never heard, heard of him? him. <laughs> um, nah. Well, you haven't met him, I don't think. But he... Um, yeah, I've never heard of him. 
he uh he mentioned uh he got he got a slight mention in episode one and i went what what are you on about and he uh, what do you mean you got mentioned in episode one and he went you know the nerds that you went to the midnight showing with of uh, movies and, I went, <laughs> and he, he, he goes it's not much but i'll take it <laughs> so I, was like, <laughs> I was like yeah sure man you can have that that's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's quality yeah so um yeah, people are just tuning in now, I guess. Um, starting it, <laughs> starting episode one, season one. So I see he's got a lot to catch up on. Yeah, we'll convince him to get through episode one because I always say that's the shit one. I think we should change it. I don't know if you can change it. I don't know if we could put something there that says this is fucking diabolical, this episode. Move, forward. <laughs> <laughs> Move well, on you- to better things because it does get better. Yeah, well, he said he said loving it at the moment. And I went, wow. Oh, that's cute. Your mind's going to be blown. (laughs) Well, uh, let's not get too carried away, should we? I'm not. I'm not saying that we're such high quality. I'm just saying in comparison. comparison. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're we're tripe. We're tripe of a podcast, but I like that. I like the fact because it keeps me entertained. And I was speaking to your pal um, recently, and I was saying that like it's sick that we just get to chat every week like it, it gives us a, it gives us an excuse to talk to each other because let's be real we wouldn't talk this much if we didn't have to do the pod so no we, probably not but so, someone said um i think it was the what some of the people that i saw when i was back in the uk they said uh oh look at that you're back in uh you're back in the uk a few days and your your kind of london accent is coming back and i just went nope that's not why <laughs> <laughs> it's because I speak to Luke every week. <laughs> That's in. where it's still there for. Well, so, you were yeah, doing that weird accent-y thing for a while. You were doing that weird like thing at the start, you remember? And I was like, what are you doing? You were like, going, yeah, you know, I can't remember how you were doing it, but Ooh, you were definitely yeah. put, You were doing some weird <laughs> Tra- accent Travis um, Pepper, when we first started. Travis Pepper, late nights on uh, CBS <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, you were doing some like, you know thing and i was like you need to stop that but you've stopped it so it's absolutely yeah. fine so oh, happy to help all right there we go but has yeah. anything exciting happened this week for you i don't think do you know what i don't think anything super exciting's happened for me this no week. neither yeah the flu flew back um yeah. and uh yeah oh i got a new desk oh yeah because of the <laughs> i don't know if i told you but all of our previous episodes of this season i've been doing them from the windowsill so I've, ah. I've I've had like my microphone hooked up on the windowsill and all of this and ah. and the the thing is there's a radiator where your legs should go so I was always yeah. like back up and like leaning forward to say hi but now I've uh, that yeah, makes sense almost finished almost finished putting together my room so yeah that shows you the budgets that we've got for this show but we've got no nah, mate we, we maybe we may be firing off a windowsill and off a shed but we've got a quality jingle we do if you sometimes feel like a moron i love this don't thing. worry we've got one too because we're not that clever, but we make it all up with our can-do attitude. So if you like a bit of banter with me and this old wanker, we've got just the thing for you. We've got lots of content and it won't make sense. It's the Travis Pepper Show. 
What have you got in your mouth? Boom. Oh, a tissue that I blew my nose with. Sorry. Yeah, that's pretty grim. I just... <laughs> 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 just a reminder we are recording Sorry. video for this as well but now all the people yeah. listening on Spotify know you had a snotty tissue in your mouth <laughs> yeah I need to get my nose sorted out I was gonna ring the doctor today and I just forgot so I'm gonna do it tomorrow mm. I'm gonna get on the case yeah um, I it. like you think I need to have a nose job I think I need to have an operation on my nose can recommend breathing hella tight can recommend what what did you just say I said breathing Bre- it's hella tight what's hella Hella tight. Do you What's not like tight? my my hip lingo? No, I don't understand it. I'm I'm all for it, but I just need to get on board with it. Got remember, I'm old now. All oh, right. You to, you to, yeah. Okay. You have to you fill know. me in on what the kids are saying. Hella. Hell. Hella. Hella. Hella, 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 to, hella to me means hella means it's like uh, hella. Like is it is it like super? Yeah. No. Yeah. Super tight. It's like. It's like super tight. So you're saying that breathing is really, yeah, we need to move on from that quick. Yeah. Um, let's, let's not I get do think on. I, I, Cause you I do think I need done, to have the same thing. You've actually done your homework for this week. I have. So I've done all three things. I have done minimalism, mm-hmm. the documentary, and I'm really pleased that we waited um, yeah, to do yeah. that. Cause I think, um, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm it's really I, thing, get, so. I got to watch that and we get to talk about that. Um, so I've got minimalism. I've got turn blue and mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. watched Whiplash, which was your film. Yeah. Okay. So I think that it makes sense to start. I don't know what you want to do order wise, but I think it makes sense to start with minimalism because we've been sitting on that for so long. Yeah, definitely. Let's and, do that. Um, it's it's an exciting one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's another Netflix. We love Netflix. Yeah, because they're producing our new documentary, aren't they? Um, Are they? Well, they they already did the one about you dropping the Kindle in the bath. Um, okay. So, yep. and then for, for a moment, I got genuinely excited that you had some kind of documentary. <laughs> <on. laughs> yeah, the Kindle in the bath one, and I'm just a big fan of the doom, as we know. Um, go on, then. How would you describe minimalism? You're so, better at this kind of stuff than I am. Is the introduction. So, this is a documentary that follows two guys called the Minimalists, and it talks about the story around how they've released their book on minimalism. So you follow them as they go through a little bit of a book tour and then it jumps into certain aspects of minimalism, what it means. Um, You get some uh, interviews with, you know, psychologists, sociologists who are actually researching how uh, consumerism affects you. And you also get people who've actually properly applied minimalism and um, how it's worked for them. So it's about, what is it, just over an hour, hour long? Um, yeah it's about an hour and 20 i think yeah and um yeah so it it follows this concept called uh minimalism which is the idea of reducing what you consume and what you or changing what you think you need yeah which yeah 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 is the main point that they go for yeah it's, it's it's interesting i thought that they kind of bring to light the fact that obviously, you, you know what it reminded me of that scene out of um, Wolf of Wall Street. You know, when you've got Matthew McConaughey and Leonardo DiCaprio, Matthew McConaughey and mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, and they're sitting in the, uh, they're sitting having dinner and he does the kind of mm-hmm. bashing on his chest thing. What is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he talks about a Ferris wheel, doesn't he? And he's like, you keep the clients on the Ferris wheel. 
and you keep them going round and around. And if they keep on the Ferris wheel, then they're making money and they kind of bring to light that that's what consumerism is, right? For the world. Mm. They're mm-hmm. keeping us on the Ferris wheel of you always need more, you always need to buy more because you're basically feeding the pockets of the people that are creating these things. So we're led exactly. to believe that we need all this stuff when actually do we not? Do we or do we not? Um, and what I thought was quite cool about these two and this whole minimalism thing is that they're not saying don't consume anything, mm. right? They're sitting in a middle ground. They're, they're not saying like, you know, like, be a, like, like maybe some of the vegan movement are. They're like, you must be a vegan. You must give up all animal products. You know, you're killing animals, like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're not saying that. They're like, just think about what you buy rather than actually going out and just endlessly consuming all these different things. Um, so I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. Um, that they a, weren't these pushy people. Yeah. And the, there was this moment, uh, you see a bit of one of their panel shows, one of their, one of their talks. And uh, yep. one of them says, uh, someone asked, you know, uh, I really want to give this minimalism a go, um, but I just really love books and I've got a book collection and I don't want to get rid of that. And he's like, mm. D- don't get rid of it <laughs> you know that brings yeah. you joy but if you love books yeah. don't spend so much on you know your movie subscriptions and stuff like that you know you know don't that's where the money's going that you don't need to go um which i think is quite cool about the concept because it's a lot of i think a lot of people when they hear minimalism i may i mean people who are quite consumerist would go oh minimalism it's a bunch of hippies sitting in a deserted room with nothing but a single bowl and a a table in the middle and meditating and they don't need it they eat rice every day and that's it you know i think it gets a bad rep um from those Mm -hmm. kind of people as well um but the uh they actually touched on quite a few different things in the documentary so um i found that the documentary was cool um, it was actually, um, I recognized uh, a part of it. It's directed by someone called Matt Devella. I okay. don't know if you've heard of him. He's a, he's a YouTuber. Nah. So he's a, he's a videographer, but he's a YouTuber. Yeah. And he did yep. these things called the um, 30, day, 30 day challenges. And for a year, okay. he set himself 30, uh, 12 challenges 30 days yep. of of doing a new habit and this was stuff like taking cold showers every day um waking up at 5 a.m every day um trying all these different things and he i really like his um the way he talks about things because he um when he when he does one of these challenges he doesn't go 30 days of meditation you should try it it's the best thing it's going to change your life he doesn't do any of that he goes so I tried this for 30 days and this is what I experienced. So this is yeah. what I noticed and I did some research on it. This is what some professionals said. I didn't enjoy it, but these were the results. Go try it yourself if you want to, which I think is quite cool. And is he, he talks quite a bit about minimalism. So I actually recognized um, part okay. of the documentary. Um, yeah. That. And um, yeah, so it was directed by this guy. Um, and it was, I think the idea of minimalism is very cool. Mm-hmm. But I had a couple of issues with the documentary. Um, mm, go on. So, so it follow it follows the narrative of the book tour, which I didn't mm. uh, didn't really do anything in, in my eyes. What it got was a, you got a couple of snippets of just them saying the mantra, I guess, um, as mm-hmm. they go along. 
which was which was all right. But it was nice to see that they were getting a bit more of a following uh, behind this minimalist movement. They didn't care though when they didn't have a following, did they? No, they didn't and as I well. Thought, which, and I thought that was quite cool. Like they did a speech and like eight people turned up and they were like. There's eight people there. If we passed on the message to eight people, yeah, it's more than cool. zero. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, 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 I like, like their energy. Exactly. I like their energy. That's I like you and me with this podcast. We only have one <laughs> listener, but <laughs> thank you, one listener. That's cool. We love you. <laughs> yeah, uh, same kind of thing. Yeah, and so um, yeah, I thought the, the the narrative of the documentary was 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 okay, but what they what they did was um, they they started talking about all, like certain different things. And the kind of the idea of minimalism was just repeated quite a lot over this hour, 20 minutes. Um, And they didn't really dive into certain aspects. They kind of like suddenly jumped and talked a little bit about meditation, suddenly talked a little bit about family and how it works with the family and and, and jumps to another bit. And I felt like um, they were maybe trying to make it really easy and appeal to a lot of people um, by not like they didn't go too, they didn't go strong enough. I think with the documentary, I think they needed to go in with a lot more, but I feel like they were kind of testing the waters with this documentary. Not sure how many people would um, watch it. And I think that they could have gone into details and made it like, um, a bit more of a series, um, because they didn't comment on, um, so I made a note of this, like, um, um, I actually made some notes and I, and I looked up and a couple of other people, um, had the same opinion, but, um, like the different, different minimalists and different approaches to minimalism, um, practical ways of actually reducing, uh, costs and getting invested in something like minimalism. Um, and maybe like, um, like a history of it, like how did people used to live and why do we live like this these these days? Like, and they could have expanded on those a bit more, but I feel like they played it kind of safe with mm-hmm. the documentary. That was that was my opinion. Yeah, um, and I, I think I think one thing that stood out to me with it was the whole um, piece they did on fashion, and obviously how like we burn through yeah. clothes and we don't wear them for a purpose. We wear them to improve our status. Mm-hmm. You know, like you wear the things that are in fashion to improve your status. And they were talking about seasons in the year and that they were saying that like back in the 60s, fashion had, you know, two, maybe four seasons. Yeah. You know, kind of summer, is- winter, autumn. And then that now the fashion industry has 52 seasons every year. They have a season That's every scary. single Every single week they have a season. And then it started to talk about how that's unsustainable. Um, And they spoke about the amount of carbon that it creates and puts into the atmosphere. Um, And I'll probably get this all wrong, but it said we can have 350 parts per million of carbon Mm -hmm. in the atmosphere. And we're closing in on 400 parts per million of carbon in the atmosphere due to kind of the things that are going on with the fashion industry. And that was 2017 as well when this came out. Okay. Yeah. 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 So So that's, that's a while ago, but like 52 seasons, because I don't, I'm quite bad with clothes. Like if I had, if I had a bit more money, I might buy a few more clothes, but I don't spend a lot of money Mm. on clothes. I live quite a simple life when it comes to flowery shirt and a bandana. I'm happy. 
Yeah, same. Pa- pa- pair of parrot wellies. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, uh, yeah, I find the whole thing about, you know, consumerist fashion just seems a bit, you know, I see people just who've got like closets full of tons and tons of clothes. And people. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, they're going, I haven't seen like, like, I'm just, I'm just blown away with how many like options they have. And, um, yep. the thing, the thing that they talked about in the documentary with, with, was the, um, uh, the 33-3 or the 333. Yeah. Okay. So this is where you wear 33 items of clothing for over. Yeah. You select 33 items at the beginning and for three months, they're the only items of clothing that you wear. And I think okay. the best, the best part of uh, what they spoke about there was, um, the person who invented it, she did it for three months. And the thing she said was, no one knew. Like nobody noticed, her colleagues. Yeah. yeah. Nobody noticed or cared that she only had 33 things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. pretty crazy, isn't it? It's pretty crazy. Exactly. The other the, the other geezer that I've made a note on that I liked was Colin Colin Wright. Um mm-hmm. he was the he's the entrepreneur who had two bags and he had all his stuff. He got rid of all oh, his yeah. stuff and put it all down into two bags. And then was traveling the world as an entrepreneur. And he, mm-hmm. and he was like saying he'd go on dates and stuff and tell people he's homeless. And I was like, I like that. Like, it resonates. <laughs> like, I'd love to kind of, that's the thing I was saying yeah. about at the start. Like, I could, if, if, if I had the option to live with my laptop, like a few little bits and pieces, and we would drive in a camper van around and we were homeless and we were just doing this and I could work on my laptop from anywhere. That's the dream, man. Like, that's really cool. And yeah. I thought that's a very cool, cool way to go. Um, he was somebody that kind of really stood out. There was another bloke that stood out. I can't remember his name. I didn't make the name, write the name of him, but the guy that kind of made it in the banking world um, and he got called in and he got a promotion and uh, he got called into the office, his like boss's office and they said like, we're going to make you a partner of the firm and he said, I'm going to yeah. have more money than I could have ever spent and he just went back into his office and started crying and was like, this isn't what I want. Like, mm. this isn't life. He, you know? He's one and of the he, main two, isn't he? just left the building. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, I think he was the guy with the long hair. Nick, uh, nah, the guy with the long, the guy with the long hair mugged people off with selling them phones or something. He was selling phones to kids or something, didn't he say? Maybe he said that at that one wrong. point. But I remember him talking about how when he was a kid and he thought, or like when he was a young adult and he thought, you know, what is rich? And he thought earning 50K a year. 50,000, yeah. And then he got to the point where he was earning 50,000 and he was like still trying to fill this empty void and stuff. He didn't feel rich, um, which I thought was the kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's the, it's it's your perception of of, um, things as opposed to actually like actually making money and owning things. So I, th- I think that's a natural human instinct, though, to kind of always want more mm-hmm. because like I'm a little bit like that with work, like not necessarily things and money because I've got fuck all of that. But like I, I'm always <laughs> looking every day for more. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I always think that if I did get to the next level, I'd probably still want you know more and more. You just want to push yourself every day. Mm. So it's easy to get it's easy to get caught in that trap. And yeah. talking about the money, they they had a stat, and I can't remember like the science or the the study, but there was a there was a there was a stat in there that said 
that they'd done some research and $75,000 was the tipping point of where you get ultimate happiness because like $75,000, you've got enough to be comfortable, buy yourself a nice house, you know, make sure that you're well looked after. But then anything north of 75000 doesn't increase your happiness. It just yeah. allows you to buy more stuff, but it doesn't make you happier, they were saying, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, yeah. I remember that was from then- somewhere else as well, which is quite... And, and when I saw it in the documentary, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, I remember this, this, this whole thing. And it was... Yeah, it's, it's weird because it's... It, it's it, it, you, you always think, you know, what would... People say money doesn't buy happiness, of, of yeah. course. But, you know... Helps, for sure. When I was doing my graduate job out, outside of uni, I was like, well, if I had another extra bit of money, then I I wouldn't have to think so much about... Um, spend so much time worrying about balancing the books and everything, and I can just relax and focus on yeah. the things I do enjoy. Uh, and so then I was kind of like, is this is this the start of the downfall? Is this is this how people become addicted to just money, 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 money? Um, but actually money, seeing that money, yeah. money uh, in a rich man's world. Sorry. Well, yeah, not for us though. Not not rich. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it keeps going up. It it does provide some form of happiness, incremental uh, to a point, and then it just doesn't anymore because. Yeah. It's not doing anything. Do you know what's funny? Like talking about money, we went away last weekend, obviously camping, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the shittest little holiday on paper. Like you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> isn't yeah. it though? Like it's such a shit weekend. You're, you're sitting in a field in the pissing down rain in smelly clothes, horrible toilet block. Like you've got to cook outside every night. Like there's no, like, I was sleeping in a coffin tent that actually belonged to you, but you'd stolen space in my tent. And it's just like a shit, um, but, but every year we have such a laugh. And that's kind of yeah. like a classic example of like, it, it, that is so cheap. It's so inexpensive. It's my brother's favorite trip of the year. Like my brother's been to, he's been to Dubai. He's been on skiing holidays. He's done California. Like he's done all these amazing trips. And every, he's like, Bude is my favorite thing. Like mm. going to Bude and sitting down in the pissing rain in a polystyrene in a polystyrene Polyst- polystyrene box. <laughs> <laughs> like, like his, we're keeping him cool to his food. Yeah, and, it, and, and it, it, it's true. You know, it's it's not about splashing out necessarily, but no, 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 no. And there mm. was an, there was another thing that I wanted. Did you see? Did you see when they get called into like the big news show? What was it called? News Today or this morning? It wasn't this morning or something. It's like. Oh, the Today Show. That's what yeah, it's called. Yeah. Did you see when they did the interview there and like how awkward the encounter was with the guy? Yeah. The, the news reporter. He was so odd, wasn't he? I was just like, oh, that is awkward. Yeah, he uh, said something fin- like, uh, they kind of did a conclusion to their thing and he was like, oh, well, <laughs> make sure you don't go buy something today or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was like, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, because some people just don't get it as well. Yeah. Or, or don't want to get it because it's because it's easier. So if you are able to buy things, it's it's easier to judge to feel better than other people because of things as opposed to like your actions. Because you know you got kids who are all trying to compare who's got the coolest phone or something like that. That's easier than having a great personality or something like that. Mm. Because if you can mm. afford it, you just buy it. And it was they have they have a quote from. Uh, President Jimmy Carter, I think it is, in the episode, uh, in the documentary, which is um, 
uh, it's got its strong American accent in my head at the moment, but human identity is no longer defined by what one does, but by what one owns. Yeah, and, that's true. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, so true. And that that rings true for me because I, because I, tr- I, I, as part of growing up and learning to be an, an adult, I'm there shifting my ideology and how I measure things and how I measure worth to be more about actually doing something, you know, helping people, being kind to people, as opposed to, I got a sexy new desk and I'm a, <laughs> I'm a successful business boy, <laughs> you know. Aren't you a philosophical thinker over there? I am. Yeah. This is what happens yeah. when I'm just uh, kind philosophical? of sat setting up my desk for an entire day because I almost screwed nothing, it up. So nothing better to do. <laughs> no, but it is. But it talking about growing up, right? Like just the one final point I've got. It ties in quite nicely. Is it's as a kid, it's what you're. It's what you're marketed to. Like they talk about that at the end, don't they? They say, yeah, you know the mark the marketing that happens to kids makes you grow up thinking you need all these things and kids are easy to sell to um the stat that they had was thought was a pretty cool one well pretty impressive one so it's 1983 in 1983 organizations were spending 100 million dollars a year on marketing to kids in 2006 that number was 17 billion so it went from 100 million in 1983 to 17 billion spend on marketing to kids in 2006. And it ties mm. into what you said, like you were marketed to as a kid. You see something like 50 adverts a day or something. Is it more than that? 50 adverts yeah, yeah. or something crazy a day? I was you so see- impressionable as a kid. Like I'm impressionable now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, it's yeah. shiny and it's orange. It's got brew dog written on it. Mine. Like, nice, <laughs> you <know>? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even remember what the packaging was. You just thought it looked kind of like it and so you bought it. Yeah, yeah. no, it's easily done. It's yeah. easily done. But yeah, the, when it comes to minimalism, I love the concept. I'm definitely recently over since i moved here been toying with the idea and uh, trying to apply it in different ways which is why i follow that guy the guy who directed it on youtube because uh, he's got some useful insights um so i do like the concept the documentary was cool and if people haven't actually heard about minimalism before i think it's good to uh to yeah. have a li- have a watch um and they've got some good one-liners in there, some good quotes. They've got some, uh, yeah, good lines. Like, I think the last one that they say in the documentary, which uh, oh, I'll end with it's is, good. Um, it's love people and use things because the other way around doesn't work. Yeah, love people and use things because the other way down, other way around doesn't work. So yeah. use people and loving things doesn't work. Yeah, yeah makes exactly. Sense. I have yeah. to spell it out for myself in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have like, to really think. Yes, Luke, that's yeah. literally what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, because otherwise I get all confused. So yeah, that, Do that you want me to say sense. it again just to, you know, help? No, no, <laughs> love people and use things because the other way around doesn't work. Use people and love things, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. What Doesn't a way work. to end it. Well done. Well done, Tram. You've done yeah, well. So, so, yeah, thank you for the recommendation. That was a recommended one. Yes. So, yeah. to be thank honest, you so much. It is, good. Do you know what? We've been doing a lot more of the people's recommended recently, haven't we? 
which I think yeah, is quite cool. Yeah, but people recommend things. Keep recommending them because I like it when we don't have to think of things to recommend. I've not had to think of things in ages because people just keep sending them in. So please do yeah, send the them in. Do you know Do you know what? Like the other thing is like everything that we've been recommended so far, I don't think there's anything we've really bagged. And I was thinking about that the other day. Like the stuff that's been recommended to us has all been really good. Like mm-hmm, we need somebody mm-hmm. to send some crap in because I want to break somebody's heart and say that was shit. But like everything that people send us at the moment has well, been. Well, at the moment you just don't. Pucker. If you don't, if you don't like it, you just don't read it, do you? That's what oh, you've been shit, doing. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, oh, you're learning. Yeah. You're getting better. So you've had a big week this week. Better. So I have. Because you've had a big week, do you want to choose what we we do next? So we've got the movie um, and we've got the album. I think we've gone from something to watch. Let's go from something to listen to and then let's end with something to watch. And okay. I'm really interested in this one. Just, this is going to be an interesting one. Big time, okay. I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, what we've been recommended to listen to was an album by the Black Keys called Turn Blue. Um, yes, this correct. was, uh, this was released in 2014. So this was, this, this missed your radar, um, based on what yeah, you said last time, because, no, uh, you listened to some Black Keys before, uh, El Camino, and you'd also listened to the latest one. I'd listened Let's to, I listened to Brothers and Brothers? El Camino. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Brothers. So is I listened good. to Brothers those is a good album as well. Yeah. Brother. I, I enjoyed those. I, I, I saw Black Keys at Reading Festival 2012, so that's why I listened to those albums. So I could, because uh, they were on main stage just before the Foo Fighters. So you need, you, you, if you're going to be queuing up for the Foo Fighters, you might as well enjoy what's on before. I, um, I'm not a fan of the Foo Fighters. I know, and I listened to quite a bit of Foo Fighters yeah. this week as well, um, because one of the tracks reminded me of Foo Fighters on this album, um, right. which is quite cool. Before before we go on. What was it? So, have you listened to a full Foo Fighters album? To be fair, no, I haven't. So, okay, yeah. So maybe I need to. I, I kind of they're one of there's there's two bands out there that I kind of understand why people like them, but I don't know if I've never given it the time or I've never really sat down and properly gone for it. But I've just never really got into them, and that's Foo Fighters and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, okay, I thought it was going to be something like. Um, Biffy Clyro or... No, I like Biffy Clyro. Oh. I like Biffy Clyro. Oh, damn it. I'm a Biffy fan. I'm like, why? Why did you say damn it? Uh, We've got uh, a Biffy Clyro album uh, coming uh, up this I've, week. I've, I've got them in the... They're in the holster. <laughs> a, they're in the holster. No, no, to chamber. But to be, to be fair, I'm not huge. So you probably give me an album that I've not listened to. Right. Okay. Um, but I do like Biffy. Um. But the Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah, like, I can understand why people like them, but I've never, just never got into them. Um, They're a great band, this... personally. Yeah, I, I can under- I can see that. I can see that. Like, they've got some absolute bangers, mm-hmm. but they've not, their albums aren't, yeah. But I've never really sat down and given the albums time, you know. Yeah. But I can name you, like, five or six tracks by them that, like, I really like. I just have never got into them as a band. It's odd. It's very odd. Yeah. My relationship with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But this cool. is their eighth studio album. Did you know that? Eighth. For the Black Keys. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this was That's this crazy, was this is crazy. So Black Keys became they became quite famous around 2010 because there was this new wave of garage rock music. And mm. of course, you know, when when it said um when I was looking into it, and it's like, yeah, there's a new wave of garage rock, and I was just like, Yeah, I remember this. We just 
got back from Bude. And so I was thinking waves, like get, catching a good wave and, you know, right. so get swimming out there. So I was like, right. these guys were around for like 10 years before this? Something like this? Yeah, 10 years before this. Uh, 2002, was it? Formation first in 2001. Album? First album was in 2002. The Big Come Up. Yeah, so they've the been around like eight years before Brothers, and then they hit it big, and they were headlining. Well, not headlining. They were quite high up on festival bills. That, so, that's, fair, that's fair play to them for like... Sticking it out. Rummaging around. Yeah, 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 yeah. For going um, for it for so and, long. And this is why I looked at... Um, Biffy Clyro uh, as well, because they've got a ton of albums and they've, they were around quite a lot before they hit big. And it just, it just goes to show that it's not always you've got to hit it big on your first or second album, or you can be around writing good tunes for a, a while. And then you've just got to ride that like big wave in and, and get some good surf on. So yeah, I, kudos to You're these guys. Idiot. I am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so no yeah, fair play to them they've been they've been around eight, ages so it's like one two three four five six, 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 nine albums nine albums yeah so, so i would say that like he the rag the rag sent us a message and he said it's a very psychedelic bluesy album and mm. he's very right like it's very psychedelic very blues rock yeah. um you can also tell that he's been through a divorce when you listen to the album and you listen to the lyrics and the mood of it because El Camino is mm. very like upbeat and she's yeah. electric and this is very she can fuck off and die type <laughs> album. Um, like I, I also, I, I liked how the album cover as well is bl- the blue and the red and swirly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's psychedelic and it's blues, bluesy, like yeah. it's blue. And I was just like, it really matches the album in the way, um, that like it I feel the cover really matches the mood of the album. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. it opens as well with a six and a half minute song Weight of Love v- Weight of Love, which is very psychedelic and very atmospheric. Like talk to me, what did you think of Weight of Love? Um Okay. So I I enjoyed as a, I, I enjoy the sound of this album, um, but with the with this kind of these long songs, I find it quite difficult to tune in, like properly tune in and enjoy. So, weight of love. Um, what I've got written is really ambient, soundscapey, um, haunting kind of vocal style quite slightly because i made a comparison between Foles and the black keys uh Foles's later albums like the way he sings uh, mm-hmm. and that was based off the el camino style style and he's kind of gone for this more crooner hauntingy kind of style which i'm not that big of a fan of it kind of reminds me of like this kind of slightly white stripes at, at, at points and i'm not i'm not a white stripes fan actually so it was the first track was kind of lost on me and it took me a while to get into this yeah um and i found the weight of love in time and turn blue kind of blended into kind of this because uh, it's it's 7 minutes four and a half minutes, three and a half minutes songs. And to me, it kind of turned into this like 
20 minute song like all of them together so it all kind yep. of linked quite a bit um mm. so i don't actually have much written about those three songs because i kind of was there just kind of going like ooh, this is going through the motions a little bit with yeah it, right? just going through the motions because it it was difficult to just sit and listen to it yeah, I feel like you've got to really be in a certain mood um, to sit and listen to it and indulge yourself. Um, yep. So late night, I would recommend time uh, to to give this album a go. Um, maybe after say drink that again. Or two. Late night is the time I would recommend giving this album right. a go. Okay. Um, like I could imagine just chilling out with some of my mates. Um, if it was on a vinyl, just putting a vinyl on, listening to it late at night and then just mm -hmm. going through the motions. But that was only for like the first three tracks because Fever. Okay. So you see it. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're going to say here. It starts to pick up, right? Fever's a fucking banger. <laughs> like, yeah. I love see, that. See, I really like the first track, Weight of Love, but I like okay. those long psychedelic... You know, like with, um, not that it's psychedelic, but like with Foles, with the Total Life Forever stuff, they're long song mm -hmm. Spanish Sahara. Like, I like that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, go on. Fever well, is... It, I, would say, I would say with Weight of Love, it's it's ambitious to put a, one of those long tracks at the beginning of an album. Massively. Because um, you've... Because you've got to... You as a listener have always... You, it's like you've already got to be invested in listening to the whole album like um if you're just giving it a go and you've gone oh, i'll just put this on it might not have hooked quite a few people but if you mm -hmm. introduce that track when people are already invested halfway through the album and then you slow it down for this long extended ambient thing then that's a safer way to play it um yeah but yeah fever um so i was i was walking <laughs> I listened to this album. I was walking through the woods, just on my own, headphones on, just walking through the woods. It was a bit of a gloom, gloomy day. So it kind of fit. And then Fever mm -hmm. came on and it was just like... Yeah, it's good. Fever's a good track. And it was so tight. Like the bass and the drums just together was just so tight. It's and it immediately tight. got me just going... Yeah, yeah. And, I, and then they go... So the, the the little organ style thing comes in and I'm just there just like, I'd gone from this kind of like, oh, I'm walking through a forest. Everything's kind of, what the hell? And then start, it, suddenly a bop comes on. So a funky vibe to it, isn't it? So yeah, the first few times that I listened to this album, <laughs> I, I listened up to Fever and then I listened to year in review bullet in the brain and kind of went oh i want to go back to fever and i i, I ended up like skipping back to fever and just skipping listening back. to that because because i really really like that song um yeah so which kind of threw me off with the rest of the album um okay. so year in review it had a cool bass line um which was but it didn't wasn't really doing much else for me. It was it's the Arctic end of Monkeys that. vibe that that album that track, that track yeah yeah interview to me like the late the 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 kind of uh, favorite worst nightmare style singing and vibe to it. But yeah, 
I also they've hmm. got a choir in that song as well, which I found was quite different. They have a choir at that the comes end in and sings. in the um... yeah, and I was like, I quite like that. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed that. Yeah, I think that that the choir kind of <clears throat> it adds to like the ambient, the kind of this. It's kind of like a disassociating album, the atmospheric yeah, it, style. Yeah, because because he's it kind of feels a bit of like an out of body kind of experience thing experience and i don't know if if that's kind of that's probably what he was going for because you know this kind of divorce thing you know when you're going through like emotional times like that then you kind of want to get away from things or get away from yourself so the fact that this was kind of this this uh disassociating album kind of fits that in a way um but then yeah bullet in the brain was Mm -hmm. Very similar to Weight of Love in my, what I've got written down here. Yeah. But less ongoing. Um, yeah. It's All Up To You Now started quite cool. It starts the with drum these, rolls at the start. Yeah, it's really got this, he's running Decent. through a distortion effect and it's like, sounds really grungy and crunchy. Um, I felt like that had a tribal vibe to it, that. It's very tribal. Like that Amazon song, the the, the song yeah. by the Amazons, the beginning, very beginning, second or first track of the Amazon Mother. album. Mother's the opening track. Yeah. But, um, but that kind of, for me, felt like it's up to you now. Felt like with the bluesy, rocky vibe that it has to it, felt like the Black Keys from El Camino for me. Like that's yeah, where it's starting yeah. to come back to them a little bit. And I was like, okay, this is, this is Black Keys. Because the rest of the album, I quite like that they've tried something different. I mm-hmm. like that when bands try something different, but I felt like it's up to you now was um, where it came back to that. This is a little bit rocky. It's a little bit bluesy. Yeah, it's a yeah. bit tribal. It's a bit like gold on the ceiling style, you know, riffy. They've got, um, they got, which fuzz, quite like. they got fuzzy, that, that fuzzy guitar sound that they, they've always had, which yeah. I mean, it's got that energy. And then it does that bit where, <laughs> there was a bit of the song which I like I have a love hate relationship with um because it's got this bit where it goes bam 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 and I do not like that kind of just yeah 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 we're going 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 I don't like that kind of feel I don't like that but then it goes into this like half like the guitar riff just plays a bit and then it goes into this half time it goes and it goes half time and it's kind of like really Led Zeppelin y like when the levee breaks. So it kind of has yep. this little jump feel that I really don't like. And then I'm like, ugh, ooh, okay. Ooh, <laughs> like I'm immediately nice. brought back. So that yeah, that was cool. Um, but I guess there wasn't much that I uh brought out of it. Waiting on words, yeah. Was cool. I kind of had this vibe. But that was it my favorite song. Very familiar to me. It's sound. And this is why I, I went I, to listen to the Foo Fighters because I right, think it's a okay. Foo Fighters song. Basically, there's okay. um, I I I've written it down because I thought it was quite surprising with the whole like it's quite a slow it's quite a slow song it's quite emotional mm. but I liked the chorus when he gives it the oh goodbye I heard you were leaving yeah well I really liked that chorus um also there's mm-hmm. like a really high pitched singing that they've panned to the far right. Did you notice that? Like the really high pitch bloke mm-hmm. singing in it. And when I say high pitched, I mean like a squeak. It's really high. And I was like, that is yeah, so it's, odd. 
Yeah, but it's like an it. octave up from the. It's the super high. Line. Like, yeah. it's, if you listen to it again and listen for that bloke in your right ear, he's mad. Um, one thing I didn't say, like, I I got to turn blue, which was like way back. So this is like track number three, and right. um, yeah. I, th- I, I I thought I was yeah, hey, you were going, so I was letting you flow. I'm not gonna. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna shut him up. Um, but it's nothing specifically to do with that song. But in that song, I was like, ah, oh, this sounds again. I say it all the time with the stuff that the rag sends us. It's very Broken Bells style. Um, like it sounds mm-hmm. like them. And I started looking into it. The, actually, the producer on it is a guy called Brian Burton, um, whose stage name is Danger, Danger Mouse. Mouse. He's he's one of the members of Broken Bells. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, knew it. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. I thought, well, when I spotted that, I was proper chuffed with myself because I was like, this sounds like Broken Bells. It sounds very Broken Bells. I look into it, I was like, producer Brian Burton. I'm like, ah, oh, he's definitely involved with Broken Bells. And I looked and yeah, he's one of the members of Broken Bells. So right. I was like, ha, how didn't cool that, am I? I? Super I just smart, know he did... Super um, smart. Super duper yeah. smart. <laughs> so you've just done something smart, so myself. I should let you keep talking so that we can reset the uh, <laughs> the, the smart meter. So I can do something stupid. Yeah. Um, but I know him no, from... He, um, not- he did Niles Barkley. He did Niles Barkley, and, yeah. He works with Niles. He's the um, other... Green is the other book. He Grillers as well. Correct. All of those are correct. Yeah. Um, that's, where, that's where I knew Danger Mouse from, because... I think I've read somewhere. I was looking at the production because I was like, "I've this sounds." I'm getting vibes from other artists here. Let's see if there's any connections. And then I saw like Danger Mouse, and I was like, "Danger Mouse, Danger Mouse." I swear I know some production credits from somewhere. And I looked at the credits, and I was like, "Oh, Brian Burton." Yeah, and it was. Uh, yeah, I saw the the um, the Gorillas. Uh, yeah yeah i think he i think he won a grammy for feel good inc maybe feel good yeah it's a good song yeah so i've seen them live really when the gorillas yeah see him at glastonbury you two were meant to be the headliner and uh that was when bono did his back in and he never turned up. It was Glastonbury's. It would have been 10 years ago this year because it would have been their 50th anniversary. And I went for their 40th anniversary, Glastonbury. And you two were supposed to be headlining. Mm. Um, but Bono did his back. So they subbed in Gorillas, which That's was cool, an interesting though. substitution. It was cool. I think I would have still preferred you two, to be honest. But um, oh, yeah, they're a good band. So yeah. Gorillas were good. Anyway. Um, so yeah I, I i really liked waiting on words and i would say waiting on words. my three favorite tracks waiting on words mm-hmm. fever mm-hmm. and weight of love i really liked it man i really like the really? opening it's got a f- really cool guitar solo at the end of weight of love that's like very atmospheric very cool it's very good guitar solo um mm-hmm. at the end of that track i mean it's a long track and you've got to sit and get into it you've got to let yeah, it take you, you away but by the by the time you get to the end of it i'm like okay that's cool um and then I liked Gotta Get Away as well. I felt Gotta Get Away was a good end. And it's got a cowbell in it again, so I'm easily impressed when there's a cowbell. <laughs> easily impressed. Well, like. my, my top tracks were, in no particular order, yep. Fever, Ten Lovers, In Our Prime, and Gotta Get Away. Fever, so, ten, 10 Lovers, In Our Prime, and Gotta Get Away. So I Gotta Get Away is the end track, isn't it? I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, the, the, we're different it, on this album yeah we are and I, I thought it was quite interesting because uh you reviewed the frank turner one last week and you were like first four tracks 
brilliant. This is a banger of an album. And then you went, huh? And then it, it kind of yeah. went off the rails. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so Definitely. for me, this was kind of like the opposite. So for the most of the album up to, well, up to Fever, I was like, okay, not really sure what's going on. Oh, where the hell did this come from? Then it lost me again. And then it was the last three tracks. I was just like, where the hell have these come from? Because um, I, I think they those are great. Um, yep. Ten Lovers is the... But, it's got the... Um, it's got a keyboard in that. With the bass guitar going, um, which is which I really, really enjoyed. Uh, really nice hook. In Our Prime was the one with the piano at the beginning. It's the, yeah, it's the three, four, one. Like everywhere, da, 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 da. I yeah. thought it was like that was kind of because he was going for this croony style of vocals, but I didn't. He, he, he I, throughout the tracks that I didn't like, I think he could have given either a bit more or maybe I just didn't like the song anyway. But in our prime, he started doing this uh, that that kind of flowing melody, and I thought it was brilliant, and I was like, great. That's cool. And then Gotta Get Away was a fun end, end to the album. So out of our favourite tracks, the last one, two, three, four, we've all flagged as a favourite. Because yeah. I've said Waiting on Words, you've said Ten Lovers, In Our Prime, Gotta Get Away. So they're we the both, last four. Both got away. We both said Fever, which is clearly a banger. And then I've said, I've said track number one, um, mm. Weight of Love as well. Um, so what's your summary then? Where's where's your head at? Um, well, I've kind of feel like in, I feel I feel like I'm in the same situation as as you last week because, I mean, there are four songs that I really like. Yeah, but for the rest of the album, either either I got bored and wanted a complete genre change, and or one of the songs would remind me of something. And so like it was uh, waiting on words. I was kind of like, oh, this is okay. But then I kind of went, oh, this reminds me of a Foo Fighters song. And I went and listened to the whole of a Foo Fighters album instead. So um, I don't, I would not recommend the album. I don't think. Boom. You've shot the rag down. Mm. You're just bitter that you lost last week. And I, I knew that I'd get accused Shots of being fired. bitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what, mate? I'm I'm very with you. I'm very on tender hooks with it. Like mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I've written down like what's what I've written down, which I thought was weird. Is I was like most of these songs for me are at a level. They're quite catchy and they're reasonably likable. But there's nothing there that blows you away. Like if you went to the Lime Cordial album, 14 Steps to a Better You, mm, mm. there's two, three, four songs on there that really get you and mm. they're in they're really catchy and you really like. Them. But then the rest of the album's kind of a little bit murky. But that went in. But this has got like everything is kind of at a, at a, at a certain level. Mm. But there's nothing in it that really grabbed me and went. Yeah. Nah. And, and and if and if you're talking Black Keys albums, I think there are better albums out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I so, think the difference with the Lime Cordio one is because even on the songs that, as a song, yeah. it might not have been that impressive, or but the production was impressive. Like there was another aspect of the song that would be impressive, or 
the song would be of a genre that isn't that impressive, but the song itself is very well written. So whereas Black Keys, you kind of go, if you know, yeah, this is a kind of style of music that I like, but the songs themselves didn't just didn't live up to the standards that mm. I have because the I find I feel like it's difficult when there's a genre that you kind of associate with because I I try not to associate with genres that much, but I've heard a lot of music in this kind of style, so it just kind of didn't make the cut really on. What would what? you say is your favourite music in this style then? Because I like this style. So who would you say like really does it well? Oh, I'm gonna have to look like look into it now. Um, let's have a think. What you said you listen to a lot of it. I'm trying to think because you got you got stuff like uh, yeah, Queens of the Stone Age. Out of the woodwork now. Uh, like, what you would you reckon that's psychedelic rock? Queens of the Stone Age, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, basically anything that <laughs> Dave Grohl has produced. Uh, Wolf Mother. Not heard of him. Okay. I'd have put Wolf Mother in there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily like a band that does it a lot better. I think a, there are a lot of bands in this genre and each of them have like a couple of good songs um, in that sense. Okay. So like Kasabian... I couldn't listen to a Kasabian album. See, I, w- I wouldn't put Kasabian in there either. I'd put stuff like Tame Impala. I'd put those guys in Psychedelic. I'd put stuff like Django Django. I'd put Alt-J. I'd put but none of the Django, stuff Django. that you've mentioned in Psychedelic. Okay, maybe I don't listen to this uh, like genre as much. Ma- ma- or maybe I've just got it really wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm just miles away with my Psychedelic. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember psychedelic what, rock stuff. what kind of stuff was being like everyone was jamming along to at that time i think i think the precursor of this genre was more like the white stripes so the white stripes kind of had this kind of fuzzy sound yeah but did they knock out anything that is fantastic i mean obviously you've got seven nation army and you've got my doorbell is another track i really like by them but apart from those two tracks i'm like i couldn't tell you loads by the white Mm. stripes that's blown me away yeah neither so but like all of the bands I'd say that the I've Black heard Keys before. Mm. But if you were to, if I was to listen to a playlist of this genre, yep. I think there'd be more songs by other bands than there would be from the Black Keys. I think. So what 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 genre are you calling it then? Because I think maybe one like just like alternative rock, yeah, bluesy rock, blues bluesy rock, alternate blues rock kind of thing. Right, okay, that's different to what I'm thinking then. Right, fine. That's why we're getting confused. Okay. So then I'll give you like Kasabian makes more sense to me now because mm-hmm. I'm thinking of a different genre. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking through and, I, and I'm <laughs> like fans of the Black Keys and I'm just like, no, I don't well, actually like any of this. <laughs> why, what's on there? What's the stuff on there that's like also listened to? Uh, the rank, Raconteurs. Don't know them. Black Rebel Motorcycle Cub, Band of Skulls. Don't know any of this. Uh, Cold War Kids. The yeah, I know the Cold War the Kids. The Hives. Yeah. Broken Bells are on there. No, the Hives. Broken Bells, yeah. See, there K- you go. Broken Bells. Cage the Elephant. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, I know Cage the Elephant. The only, the only ones that I like out of this are the Josh, um, Josh Holmes stuff. So, Queens of the Stone Age and Them Crooked Vultures. So, 
Hmm. Maybe I've done there it. We go. Service. Anyway, it's um. So it's one all. You're saying it's one all because the black keys is a <clears throat> didn't make it into. So so far, Don Broco automatic made it successfully. Week one was a good week because we had Don Broco automatic and we had Lime Cordial fourteen steps to better you, which both entered. Mm-hmm. And then you fell flat with Frank Turner tape deck heart, and the rag has fallen flat with Turn Blue by the Black Keys. Yeah. So it's one one with Travis to spin. So, do you want to do your recommendation now or do you want to wait to the end? I'll wait to the end because I, 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 I need to, I need to process it as well <laughs> already. You need to process what? Because, because um, I was looking at, I've got a couple of options as well. One I'm not too happy with because I found, I realized that they've, they've broken up and I kind of wanted to recommend stuff that's happening um in a way okay but i don't know maybe i just need to go over myself and just recommend it and not give a not give a shit um fair play moving on to final proceedings then final proceedings we haven't had any decent segues in ages i guess this is music related isn't it from one musical thing to another (laughs) musical thing i'm so shit with segues drums we mentioned drums before Uh, let's talk about drums (laughs) My best segue was the one about women wearing the trousers. That's where I peaked nope. with. <laughs> not at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> we, you know the talking really. about wearing the trousers segue was my best <laughs> one ever. <laughs> it was funny. Oh, what was episode good. was that? That's a long time ago now. Like episode six, maybe? I think. What was it? Should women something or other? Um, I don't know. Is Do is is it is a data it, gap killing gap women? women. Ooh, aren't we edgy with that? Yeah, title. clickbait, Woo-hoo! clickbait yeah. titles. We got a few of them. Mm. Um, Do you give too many fucks? Is a bit of a clickbaity one. Um, is Harry Styles Italian? <laughs> <laughs> how far can a nit jump? Everybody wants to know how far a nit can jump. Yeah, we're, right? yeah, we're still not sure on the Harry Styles whether he is anymore so Italian. yeah um cool so yeah you recommended you recommended me a film yeah whiplash so whiplash how yeah. would you summarize it so whiplash um so this this is a this is a movie about a a young student drummer at um a, a music school it's called yeah. the, the schaefer conservatory conservatory uh in yeah. new york and basically he yeah. works hard up to a point where he gets into the the first band so the main band for the school the main band which yeah. is run jazz choir, by jazz band yeah the main jazz band so i i don't know yeah. is it is it a jazz um school or is it i, I think know. i think it's, it's, a, music a, music, it's a music school of some sort yeah yeah and so basically uh, and then the leader of this jazz uh ensemble is J- played by jk simmons his name's terence terence fletcher and so he's this kind of like ruthless um quite scary he's fucking leader. ruthless mate and the the movie follows their kind of relationship uh and obviously i think his name's andrew um through yeah his career um at the school and uh things uh things get a bit crazy really yeah but so yeah, as, as you, always we're gonna go. we're gonna spoil the film like that mate do you know what this 
It's a bit of a weird one because I don't have a hell of a lot to say about it. Do you know what I mean? I, okay. I watched it and I think it delivered to me, it delivered to me a message which I really liked, but, and I really, yeah, and I really did like it, but I can't, you know, like I sat here when, when I'd watched, um, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler and I'd kind of I kind of seen all these different things in the film and the way mm. that the story intertwined and like the story of this is you know kid works hard to get into this music school as you say the guy is brutal like the guy is almost abusive would you say that like the teacher this yeah, Fletcher well, that, bloke that, that he- plays that plays into the crux of the film the the fact that he's quite abusive in his teaching methods, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he's abusive to the kids, uh, throws shit at them, like makes them cry. Like the abuse that he throws at them is, is intense. And this obviously doesn't stop this, this kid, this Andrew, he wants to be the lead drummer. Um, he works his way into the main seat. Um, and then there's a scene where he's getting to play as the main drummer at one of the jazz competitions. Mm-hmm. And it's the classic thing, isn't it? He leaves and the bus that he's on gets a puncher and it's like, oh no, what are the chances? The bus has broken down. He tries to find, he finds a, a hire car, leaves his sticks in the hire car place. So he turns up at the performance. He's not got his sticks with him. So this Fletcher bloke's like, look, go and find your sticks or you're not playing. So he drives back. He's rushing to get there, has a car crash, Mm. has a car, has a car crash, but still turns up anyway. Like he's that driven to go and, 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 and to, to be part of this performance. And he turns up like covered in blood, like a mess. And he sits down and he does a shit performance. And, uh, Fletcher turns around on stage, doesn't he? And he's like, look, I apologize on behalf of the school to which the lad, the young lad, Andrew, yeah. gets up and rugby tackles him on stage, doesn't he? Like he just yeah. goes for him. Yeah, it just um, goes to show like, you know, how how much of that was, you know, Andrew's fault and how much of that was like, you know, the teacher's fault as well. Because what drove him to turn up covered in blood and try and play drums with a concussion or whatever, he probably had. just been in a car crash yeah, yeah yeah would have been concussed but that's the way that he, that he creates this jazz group it's cutthroat you if you don't if you don't cut the mustard you're out you know no mm. matter what um and then obviously he rugby tackles him he gets removed from the school and then they try and get him to dob on the teacher don't they they, they get him to to kind of blow the whistle mm. if you like on fletcher and yeah. um which he does and then this is where the whole big twist kind of comes into the story because Fletcher loses his job. He randomly bumps into him at a jazz club. Yeah. And Flet- Fletcher says, look, you got, I've got a performance coming up um, and I need a drummer to play. Now, this is where the kind of story of the, this is where the message of the film, or I picked up a message of the film here, which is like when they're talking about how cutthroat he was, he says that like his role and his challenge is to push people further than they imagine that they can go. Mm. So he's saying as a teacher, he felt like he was brutal, but he had an ability to push people beyond their limits further than they thought was possible with his brutality. And that if you didn't push people beyond their limits, you wouldn't get the greats. 
and mm. that the worst two words that anybody can hear are good job. Because if you hear good job, you think you've done something which is satisfactory and you mm. don't push yourself to achieve greatness. And that was a message that really rang for me. I was like, that's really cool. Like he's mm -hmm. been painted as a prick the whole way through, but I like the fact he's saying, look, I'm pushing people to be great. You know, I'm mm. not just saying to you, yeah, good job. That's satisfactory. I'm throwing a symbol at your head. I'm going to take your head off, but I'm going to push you to be something that is, is excellent. And that was the mm. message of the whole film that resonated with me. I don't know if that was the message that was meant to resonate with me or not. That was the it message did. that I thought would resonate with you when I thought yeah, of this really film to, to, to recommend to you. I was like, that's super cool. Like, I really liked this whole... Because it rang with me. I was like, yeah, fuck. If you're not pushing yourself as hard as you can and you're just going, that's going to do, that's, satis that's satisfactory, you're only going to hit a certain level. Mm. But then anyway, they meet at this jazz club. He asks him to play at this final performance. So he does and he turns up and Fletcher basically throws him under the bus because he makes them play a song that he doesn't know. So he looks like a fool because what he says is, is it, what, what, what the whole premise is, is that you're going to be on this stage. There's lots of people there that might give you opportunities as a musician. If you fuck up, mm. that's game over because these guys aren't going to forget that. You've got to be on your A game. And he sits down at the drum kit and the first song they play, he doesn't know. So he obviously fucks it up and he leaves, doesn't he? He walks off yeah. the stage. But he then decides to come back. Um. And he walks back on stage and he just starts playing and he gets the, he gets the bass guitarist, the bass. Um, the double bass. He's just playing yeah. double bass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's playing a double bass and he just like, I'll cue you in. And then he starts playing a song that he knows and then he just doesn't stop basically, does he? Yeah. He yeah, just yeah. does this, <laughs> just does it this incredible drum feel. Yeah, it's, it's, I, what I like about that is, you know, you've got Terrence Fletcher, the, 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 uh, the band leader, like, it's one of those things where no, no, no one stood in his way. Um, like he got away with doing all of that stuff for such a long time. And then, and he wouldn't let anyone make excuses and bail on the band and, and stuff like that. He, he just wouldn't let that happen until it came to bite him in the ass when the, the, the lawyer um, had the case because, um, yeah, one of his students committed suicide because of it. That was, that was why the lawyer was there. Um, so when um, Andrew's now doing the drums and he comes back on, they're obviously getting ready to play the next piece. And now he's not taking no for an answer. He's doing it his way. And that's when you start to see this, you see it in his eyes, just this Terence Fletcher, he gets like respect like for him. He, he's like, as soon as he starts, like he finishes the piece and carries on going, the respect level is just going beep, 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 in like the corner of the screen yeah. or whatever. You can see the way that he looks yeah. at, the, at him and he walks over and he's, and he then he goes from being pissed off to encouraging him to play, doesn't he? And mm. he's like, and he's getting him to slow it right down and then lift it back up at the end. Um, so, and then it cuts and, and then you don't know if they become friends or if they don't. So I yeah. don't know, you know, that's, that's the end. That's kind of the end of the film. Like he stood up to him. He did his thing on stage and I was like, that's all cool. But as I say, like the pit, the bit that really got me was this whole idea yeah. of actually to be great. You've got to do something extraordinary. Otherwise, you know, you've got to be pushed beyond your limits to when it hurts and you want to cry. Otherwise you're never gonna, yeah, you're never gonna achieve anything. So mm. like on the whole, the story 
the story's fairly cool. Mm-hmm. Like the ending, that there is the twist at the end where he kind of throws him under the bus, and I was like, yeah, mm. that's quite a nice little twist. Mm. Um, it's it's a very basic film, you know. There's not lots of if you like um, explosions and sh- shit like that. If you're there's a Transformers that fan, going mm. yeah, yeah, or you, know. you like the the Avengers Assemble, um, mm-hmm. that, then it's not going to be your cup of tea either. There's no Batman in it, um, but like it's a cool story about a kid that wants to achieve something and he goes to it and he even throws the towel in with his missus doesn't he Uh, that's what i was waiting to ask you about that because he pre he preemptively breaks up with his girlfriend and the conversation is like so awkward it reminded me of um because i rewatched it it reminded me of alex honnold (laughs) in a way um yeah yeah he spoke about his like what he does and he's doing this passion and it's going to take his life over and yeah he breaks up with this girl doesn't he? And he says something like, um, he explains it to her. He like lays it all out. And she's just like, what the fuck? You're breaking up me because you think that I'm eventually going to stop you from doing what you want to do. And he goes, yeah, it will happen. And you're just like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, that's okay. kind of what I did. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I did. Like when I knew I was going to start the business, I mean, things where well, it wasn't just that reason, but things weren't great with the girlfriend I had at the time. And I was like, this is just going to get in the way of what I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So I just did the really bad thing. Like she was in Australia. I was in Australia. I just got on a plane and left, which isn't the, isn't the best way to handle it. <laughs> I went to, I went to Thailand and met Shelford. I was just like, I'm getting on a plane and I'm not coming back. But like a big part of it was she wanted to do what she wanted to do. I wanted to do what I wanted to do with the business. It was never going to work. It was going to be a problem. Hmm. So I just made the decision to, and you know, on paper, I probably should have married her. Like she, you know, if you say, oh, she was, she she cared about me. Ticked she all the boxes. All the right sort of thing. She ticked all the boxes on paper. The relationship didn't work because I don't know. There's probably several factors contributing on both sides. So it's it, the right it was the right thing to do. At the right the right thing to do at that time was to split. But yeah, you could have argued that she was a lovely girl and I should have stuck it out. But I was like, nah. Is she one of the listeners? On the- it's going to get in the way. Pro- probably not. Nah. So I'm okay, probably safe cool. here. Because <laughs> I was because the amount of people there's it's like. Oh, our first review, and you were just like, "Yep, yeah, that's one of the exes." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." How yeah, many of yeah, our fans yeah. are actually exes? Or, or I don't like- think this one listens to me. She, uh, she, she was like, she did text me once saying, "I, I, I hear some of the clips you post on Instagram, and that awful squawk of a laugh." She was like, "I do not miss that." Like, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "I do not oh, miss that man. squawk or whatever." It is. Oh um, what? I no, but I mean, I mean it in the nicest way, and, and we and we get on now. Like we are, we are friends, and and it took time, obviously. Um, but like, yeah, we 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 get on and we're fine. But that was mm. that is kind of also one of the reasons I don't want a girlfriend now, is because mm. I don't want anything to get in the way of your van dream, fuck, your van I'll podcast my, entrepreneur. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick myself, man, if mm. um if anything gets in the way of the Travis Pepper show. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um yeah it's no, true. no I'll absolutely yeah no i'll kick myself and, and women come and women go mate it's a circle of life so it's, it's not oh no <laughs> um <laughs> you're going on disney on this one so confused now <laughs> there's a calm surrender that's not circle of life, no that's it? not that's that's no that's that's, that's can you feel the love sing. tonight that's can not what, you feel 
That's like the opposite of what you've just said. Tonight. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, how does how does Circle of Life go? I can't remember. Um, Fuck, how does it start? Uh, how, how does that go, though? How does the singing bit go? From the day we arrived on the planet. Oh, yeah, that's it. Blinking, stepping to the sun. There is more what to see. see. <laughs> Wait, we're going to get copyrighted. Stop singing. More to do. <laughs> That can ever be done. Okay. Um, it's so, Luke's it, on the whole, bad advice. <laughs> 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 uh, so if anyone's listening that's in a relationship, my advice would be to get out of it as quickly as you can. Um, if, you, <laughs> if, if, if you're in a band and you're trying to make it big, just get rid of her. She's, she's going to get in the way of that, uh, for sure. And um, <laughs> bands before girlfriends. Anyway, we're, <laughs> we're, we're waiting. Dr- drum, drums before hose is what you're saying is the outcome yes, of yes, whiplash. Yes, it's cool. whiplash, drums before hose. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's, my, that's my view. But I did enjoy it and I would definitely say it's, it's worth a watch because uh, there's a powerful message in there, which is don't get a missus and push yourself as hard as you can in life. It'd be fine. <laughs> kind of don't want to have this approved now. <laughs> this message. <laughs> Okay, yeah. well done Travis great message so what are we doing next week then pal because we're coming up to our uh, our big 130 oh I'm so unprepared because yeah, I'm kind of unprepared as well because... you give me an album so we've got the book planning on doing the book next week um, yeah and I'm I'm on track for that actually cool uh, did you get the right copy I hope so <laughs> yeah you should send, yeah, you send me, send me, send me what copy you've got because there's so many there's so many books out there Wow. On conspiracy theories. Well, we'll <laughs> or we'll have two books to review next week. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we'll have two. Yeah. yeah. I'm on track to finish it anyway. Okay, cool. Um, so we're doing that. So we need two others. I need to give you an album. Um, I'm being a bit of a a wet wipe about trying to decide on the album. I've got I've got something to give to you, actually. Okay, right. Um, so we'll, we'll, we can do this. We can do this. I'll give you something to watch because I've seen something that I thought would be interesting for us to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've seen it already, so it's one less piece of homework for me. So then you've Good. got the book and something to watch. I've got the album and something to listen to. Oh, can you hear that? Yep. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to look. I was trying to look for what it's called on Netflix and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, we've not done anything religious yet, so I thought we could start with something religious. Um, I thought it'd be good to kind of start bringing religion into the show. Um, so I've got something called... <laughs> I wasn't Messiah. at this meeting. <laughs> I wasn't at this meeting. <laughs> Who did you I speak thought, to? I thought, <laughs> I thought we were going to start getting religious. Um, okay. No, it, it, it's called the Messiah Complex. Mm-hmm. Um and it's actually not religious, or it is kind of, but it's Russell Brand. It's a Russell <gasps> Brand stand-up. We've done no comedy yet, and it's a stand-up which is an hour and a half. Um, it's called Messiah Complex, and I just think you should watch it. I really, and we'll review it. Okay, I really like Russell Brand. Um, yeah, I'm a Russell Brand fan, and I, yeah. I think Messiah Complex is funny, so... 
I would like you to watch that and we can review that next week. Okay, cool. Charlotte. So I'm going to do the Messiah we Complex. Then also have the book conspiracy so we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories next week which i kind of am excited about mm-hmm. um because i like i like conspiracy theories mm-hmm. um, so we've got that we've got messiah complex and just give me a fucking album okay so we just because i mentioned it biffy clyro have you listened to only revolutions yes okay in that case I'm no go- let's do it again no fuck you no no so i'm gonna oh this is Fuck you. They've just released an album. I think it was like... Fuck you. (laughs) Four weeks ago, they released this album. Four weeks ago? A celebration of endings. Um, Mm. I haven't listened to it that much, but I listened to it and I was like, nice. I like this. So I listened to it a couple of times. I haven't listened to this as much as I've listened to anything else I've recommended. So I'm just going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to recommend that. So Locked in. Locked in for Travis Pepper versus The Rag. Biffy Clyro, a happy ending, did you call it? A celebration of endings. I'll send it. All right. I was was going to say a happy ending. You and your name. (laughs) I will send it to you so that you um, you don't do the wrong album again. Yeah, please do. So, next week, Conspiracies, <laughs> The Messiah Complex, and A Happy Ending. Perfect. A Celebration of Endings by Vivi Clara, just for anyone who actually would like to join us in listening to the recommendations. <laughs> but it could what be a you, happy what, ending. It is to the show. It is. <laughs> See ya, pal. Ciao. Bye for now. Bye for now. My mama said, life's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> I just don't I'm know gonna, what I'm you're going to get inside. I'm going to stop recording now. Bye. It's the Travis Pepper Show. Thanks for listening, guys. If you had as much fun listening as we did prattling about on record, then tune in next week where we'll do it all again. But between now and then, you can follow us on Instagram by searching Mentoring a Moron. So good luck trying to get that out of your search history.